Hello, this is part two of my Ramble Meets interview with Danny Murphy. So if you haven't listened to part one yet, stop what you're doing immediately and go back and listen to that one first. Um, it's obviously not imperative uh, and it will still make sense, but you might not have the context in the background that will make it more enjoyable. So do go listen to part one first. Okay, for those of you who are up to date and ready to go, uh, we pick up part two of the story with Danny about to join Spurs from Charlton. All right, here we go. And moving forward to Spurs, I mean, I might be wide of the mark here, but I don't have a huge amount of knowledge of the issue. I see that you spend a year and a half at Spurs and and there's no yeah. headline injury that I can find to speak of, but you didn't play an awful lot of games or certainly not as many games as you'd have no. liked. What, what was the reason for that, Dan? Because you've said that there was no problem with Martin Yole, the coach, and it wasn't anything to do with him. What was the... Well, we had a few issues. Right, okay, okay, <laughs> fair enough. No, but not... not So So I'll give you the, I'll give you the detail. The, basically, I got there at the end of Jan. Mm. which wasn't ideal. And then, of course, you know, they had a good side, by the way, and we're playing mm. well. It was only near the end of the season. They lost a bit of form and we missed out. So he, he brought me in then, really, to kick help the squad because they had Edgar Davids, Michael Carrick, JJ. I mean, a lot of good players. And I think planning for the, the Champions League season, mm. where you needed a better squad of players and more of us. Mm. Um, so I didn't play that many games when I first got there from January to the end. And that was okay. Because I was with a good squad again, we were moving forward, and I didn't, I, you know, playing my bit here and there, coming on, helping the team, doing my bit. I was fine for then. I was looking to the future. Come the summer, went back, was fit. They bought one or two left, one or two came in. I thought, you know, well, okay, I'm going to start playing more. And it didn't quite, didn't quite happen to start. But I was fit, and I was, you know, I was thinking, oh, when I get my chance, I'll take it. And I, 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 I can't think of the exact timing of it but I, I i did start uh more good i had a decent run in the team and played really well centrally and then he moved me left and that's where we had a few issues because i couldn't really play wide anymore and i was and he had the likes of steve Mo, Mo Bronk, tiano tiano um <coughs> tanio yeah, 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 a good player so we fell out a few times about that because he'd moved me from playing really well to accommodate a couple of others coming back in I think it was JJ at the time, whatever. But then while this was going on and, I, and I'd, I'd started playing a few good games and making, just started feeling like part of it. And my I, my dad was ill and rushed to hospital and we weren't sure why. And ultimately he was terminally ill and I didn't know for a few more weeks after mm. that, a month or, month or so after that. And then I spent the next probably two months with him. Right. So the second season became a write-off really because by the time... So my dad got ill. My dad died in the March, mm. uh, but he'd been ill since December time. Um, so the season only started the end, you know, August, September. So I'd only had four months, really, four, four months of that. Um, and when my dad got ill and then passed, I came back. And obviously I was not in a great place mentally or physically at that point. And... and Martin was great, to be fair to him, and the club were great. Daniel was great with me as well. Great having Keno around. Keno had lost his dad years before. It was a big help for me. Um, but that summer, there was a case of... I, I did have time left on my contract, but I said to Martin, you know, a lot's gone on. Some of it my fault. Some of it may be yours. You know, yeah, it doesn't really matter. 
I think I need to go and play. You've got a good squad. You know, you, you don't want to play me centrally. I, I, I need to play central now. And actually, I spoke to Daniel. Daniel let me go to Fulham um, without a fee, mm. which was a big thing, really, because I I'd still had time on my contract. And that was because he... One, because he knew I was... I'd, 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 I'd done my best, you know. I'd, I'd I'd not done anything wrong to hamper my time there, and he and he felt some sympathy towards my product, my my position and my plight at the time. And I went to I went to, I could have gone to Fulham or Birmingham on the last day, and I went to Fulham. Mm. And and that, that that's for me, just as a as a football fan, that's where you your the sort of Indian summer, the sort of second part of your career, really really went mm. by because this was an amazing time for you, really, particularly when Roy came in. Was it halfway through your first season? And you guys kicked on from there, is that right? Yeah, yeah. the first the first season was difficult because I, I, Laurie was yeah. in charge, and although Laurie brought me in, he had a he had a one dimensional way of yeah. playing, and we had a lot of good footballers: Simon Davis, Stephen Davis, myself, David Ely, people like that. We didn't we didn't want to whack it, um, but but it didn't work, and Roy came in, and Roy came in and got us playing, uh, organised, and you know the we we saved our season with a miraculous recovery mm. and. From that moment on, because I was out of contract, I signed I signed at Fulham on a one year, and I said I'll prove mm. myself. Um, it helps scoring on the last day of the season to keep <laughs> yeah, them up, of yeah, course. Yeah, but yeah, you yeah. know, so me and Roy sat down, and Roy was looking into bring players, and you know, but he was more than happy to keep me. And um, I, it just we started that season with me and Jimmy, and then we ended up Jimmy left and Dixon came in, but we Roy and I. We, we became really close and, and realised we were on the same page about a lot of things. And he realised, I think, that I could have, I could be his voice on the pitch. And the way he played suited me hugely because I was playing central now and dictating things in a deeper role. He put legs around me. And because he likes to play narrow and compact, I wasn't getting exposed for the lack of pace or the, you know, the lack of legs that I was getting in, in, in that age. So he, 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 built, he built a team that was very... Um, wise, very good at what we did, um, made some great signings and we just kicked on and on. And of course, we kicked on so much. You got the job at Liverpool. Yeah, and you followed, you followed on this next season. I think <coughs> you finished seventh in the Premier League the following season. Seventh, yeah. yeah. What's the difference, Danny, between yeah. playing with Jimmy Bullard in the midfield and the following season playing with Dixon the two who? What was the difference in the in the balance between you guys? Jimmy was... Um, uh, a free spirit, you know. He he Jimmy wanted to go and get the ball off the right back, dictate play, go go and end up on the right wing, get a cross in and be on the edge of the box getting the knockdown. Mm. Um played unbelievable talent, super technical. Good energy as well. Should have played a big super yeah. fit, yeah. Super fit. Didn't like a tackle. No. Uh didn't want to get involved in that really, which is fair enough because of his slight frame. Um, and actually, we had we both had good. We, he was a good passer like me. Um, we liked overplaying me and Jim. You know, we pass it to death. Yeah. Um, great on set plays. We used to fight about set plays. He was better than me on set plays, though. Um, he 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 was he was a brilliant character, but we were too similar, really, in the end. Yeah. And ultimately, there was he didn't go because of that. He left because of he fell out with Roy, and he wouldn't adhere to the. The, the more regimented role that you had to play as a central midfielder in Roy's team. Mm. Um, and to be fair to Roy, and I'd say this to Jimmy's face, 
Roy gave him every opportunity, but Jimmy just didn't believe in playing that way. You know, Jimmy would say to Roy, look, I get you want to play that way. I don't, so don't play me. Play someone I get, else. Yeah, that, that must happen, though. I mean, players have diff- players and managers have different ideas. I mean, you and Roy were clearly on the same page, right? You had a great lasting relationship as player and manager, but it's, it stands to reason people are different. You're not always going to have that sort of connection, are you? Yeah, but I, I think there's a balance. So you, you've got to go, you've got to be careful. You've got to remember your place in football. Yeah. You're a player. The manager's there for a reason. Now, don't get me wrong. Me, me trying to win knockdowns and play long ball under Laurie Sanchez is never going to mm. work. But I tried for a month or two to do it because he was the manager and respected him. When it, when it then became detrimental to the group, I spoke up. Mm. It's not about being detrimental to me. That comes after your first season or two, you know. But when, 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 you're, when you're Jimmy, for example, who's got the wonderful attributes that he had, he could have still used those in Roy's system. Mm. He was still wanting him to get on the ball, but he just didn't want him defending off the, on his own, going to press when he wanted. You know, like you had to, you had to do it as a team, otherwise it was never going to mm. work. And that's why Dixon came in. And what Dixon did actually was, Dixon's brilliant at the physical aspect and the defensive part of the game. But Dixon actually learned and got better at the positional and the, the passing part of it, being a bit more productive and knowing when to get on the ball and when not to. So, so both partnerships worked in different ways. Um, and then City came in under Mark Hughes and City was quite a tenacious, tough tackling midfielder, which was fine for me because, you know, he would do a lot of the stuff I didn't want to do. So so my partners at Fulham were always, weren't a big deal, really. I, I the, 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 the strength in the team at Fulham was the collective. It wasn't just a central midfielder. Yeah. We had Damien Dorff, Clint Dempsey, Simon Davies flanking us the whole time. Workaholics with great knowledge and great wisdom. Yeah, it's a great team. You know, we we we. It was a very very wise team. Yeah, very a very very intelligent team. Quickly before I come on to this Europa League run, which of course is um <coughs> is, is, uh, is the crowning crowning sort of part of, of your time at Fulham, I suppose. Even though you weren't, you, didn't, you guys didn't win the final. When you talked a second ago about stepping mm. up and speaking up against Laurie Sanchez, as as a as a player and as a person, you're clearly someone who likes to to speak their mind and be honest. What? How does that manifest itself when you st- stand up and say, "Look, I don't agree with this"? How how? What's the best way of going about that to a manager? Do you think it's, it depends on the circumstance and and, and what's happened? I mean, it, obviously, some things happen off the cuff. Mm. Um, and normally with emotion involved, it, it becomes problematic because you're talking about managers losing face. You're talking about a disrespect. Um, the best, most productive conversations come one-on-one. Mm. They're, they're the best. Now, there are times when if you are articulate enough and you're calm enough to construct an argument in a group setting, which managers are generally better at because they plan it, mm. you, 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 can, you can make a lot of headway. Well, there was a brilliant example of, um, I, I think a manager, the best managers are generally, um, they're, they're very, they're very uh, what's the words, comfortable with their philosophy and, and they don't deviate too much. Um, although they'll sometimes listen and let you think that, you, that they, you know, let you think that they've heard you. But I remember working under Mark Hughes, who's another manager of respect and, and, he was trying to introduce a bit more press into our game and we didn't have the quickest centre-halves and we were a counter-attack team. And we did it a couple of times and got pumped. Mm. Man City was one game in particular. I think Liverpool did us as well. I think Man City beats 5-2 at home and Liverpool 5-2 or 5-3 um, if off the top of my head. And I, I said to Mark and uh, others backed me after I stood up, but I said, look, Gaffer, you know, in a meeting, we, we're not a pressing team. We haven't got the legs to press, really. 
because as soon as we come high, we've got the ball in behind kills mm. us. We haven't got the pace. The lads at the back know that. We, we, we're, I'm not suggesting when we play Blackpool at home, because under Roy, we always play the mm. same way. I'm, I'm not suggesting when playing Blackpool at home, we can't go out on the front foot and press them and have a go because it's we're better than them, mm. right? I, I understand the change now and again that's needed. But we are, we are a, a, a senior bunch of lads. Actually, maybe let us work it out sometimes ourselves type thing. Mm. You know, let, let us just fall back to type when we want. Mm. And, um, and, and Brett Angleland stood up and said, yeah, well, I agree because I struggle with this and blah, blah, blah. And in the end, Mark said, look, fair enough. If you're feeling that way, do, do what you need to do. You, you're senior players and you now appreciate you speaking up. Now, the, the difference is that was done in a calm way. And, he, you know, there's a, there's a respect there. Where, the, the problems lie when you question a manager about something um, in front of the group that, that's proven him wrong and making him look silly. Mm. Um, I don't think it... In the moment, it feels good and it feels like you've got one over, but it's never going to be that advantageous to you as a player under that manager. The most difficult problem, the most difficult things come when you get a phone call from the chief exec or the chairman. The difficulty then comes about self-preservation or, or honesty about the group, the bigger, the greater good, the club, or how well do you get all these things come into your head when you get asked those questions. There's lots of... I, I, I believe in football as a player that you've got to stand your corner. You've just got to try your best to do it in the right way. And that's, that's something you learn as you yeah. get older. Two thousand nine and ten, you end up in the Europa League final. But what are your, what are some of your memories of that run to the final? Because you started very early, obviously qualifying round. You played a lot of games that season. Um, did did you? What what point did you guys start to believe that you could go as far as you went? Well, we had to go to Basel in the last group game. Hmm. You scored um, in the home game against them because I was at that game. Yeah, I remember, side foot into the corner. Yeah. But I but but. Yeah, I think it was just Paul. Yeah, Butler, Andy Johnson, easy, easy finish. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, a pretty simple finish that one for me. But the 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 away game was very relevant because they hadn't been beaten there for a long, long time. We had to win to go through the group. It was snowing, and furthermore, I'd been out the longest I'd ever been out in my career that season. Seven weeks wow, I was okay. out. I um, I hurt a tendon. I ripped a, a little bit of the hamstring off my tendon on the back of my leg on the back of my knee. And I was the 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 surgeon said I should have surgery. I'll fired surgeon. And I said because the doctor was with me. Said, well, you can let them heal on their own. It could take six, seven weeks. I said, I'm doing that. And my first game back was that one. Mm. So we went there with Bobby was brilliant that night as well. Yeah. Um, and I tell you, who played probably the best game is Fulham shoot. John Honoris's brother. Oh yeah. He played on the right hand side and he put in a couple of great crosses for the goals for Bobby. But we beat them. And um, we went. Are you through. blowing a little bit, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I was blowing a little bit. It was freezing cold. You couldn't get yeah, your air, yeah. you know, because it was it was so yeah. cold. But um, I'd played there a couple of times before, actually. But Liverpool and had some good good games there, so I was I was I was quite enjoying it as well. But but the the um, the feeling after was a bit like, hold mm. on, we're through. Mm. We've got we've got half a chance, yeah. you know. And then we drew Shakhtar. Holders. And everyone went, <laughs> everyone went, oh, no, yeah. we haven't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you squeezed past them, 3-2, but you beat them on at home 2-1, didn't you? And got a draw away, which is an amazing result, by the way. You played brilliantly against yeah. them. That was a classic, a class 
um, show of, of defending and discipline, especially at home. Um, away, away, they come on late to try and put us under the cosh, but we, um, it was a brilliant result. And then uh, I got sent off stupidly. Yeah, the you last missed the UV again. So I missed the UV yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. But probably the big, the, do you know what? The, the, for me, the 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 biggest memory of that, uh, and I've seen it a lot on social media the last few days, was the semi final second leg against Hamburg, mm. because we went a goal down. We got a nil nil out there, which is where the final was going to be. By yeah, the way. that's right. Yeah. We'd beat we'd beat we'd beaten the German champions Wolfsburg, and uh, which was a hell of an achievement because they were a good side, by the way. And we so we got we got um, Hamburg in the semi. We'd gone out there and drew nil nil. We couldn't fly because we had the ash cloud. We were stuck on the motorway in Germany for God knows how long. We still managed to get a nil nil. Mm. Got back, went a goal down, and we're in the second half, and the whole stadium stands up. And do you remember the song they used to sing at the cottage? Stand up if you still yeah, believe. Yeah, yeah. Which 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 came from the relegation yeah. season, um, and they all started singing it, and everybody in the stadium. It was like you know I've seen I've seen Anfield rocking, and you know you, you'll never compare. Nothing compares to Anfield rocking, but for the cottage, this was a pretty big deal. Let <laughs> yeah. me tell you, the atmosphere was there. Anyway, we got a goal back. I think I put Digger in with a pass, and he scored a brilliant mm. goal, Simon mm. Davis, and then we scored. We we won two mm. one, and it was a remarkable sense of achievement that night. Because we celebrated it with our fans, that achievement. I, th- I think Craven Cottage is a little bit of an underrated destination for football, really. It's small, but it's such a nice Brilliant. old ground. It's a great place to go and watch football. And you can get a good atmosphere there once they get going. I've been there a load of times, and I've felt like more often than not, it's been quite decent. It's very good. It's very good. And you normally get a good away following there, which helps. Yeah. But the I, I loved my time playing there. I mean, we were great at home. We had a good record, which helps. Because if you're getting spanked at home a lot, it doesn't no, feel so good, no, does no. it? But How do you... The the the. Does you say, Dan? How do you feel about um, Atletico Madrid dropping in from the Champions League? That team they had. I mean, it's, it feels. Uh, looking back on it now, I've got no dog in the fight. I'm not a Fulham fan, but it felt. It feels a bit, bit, bit unfair, really. Do you know what? It didn't. It didn't. It didn't cross my mind. I, I mean, it. It. it they, Shakhtar, Wolfsburg, Juve, all those teams. We didn't really put them on a, 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 a bigger pedestal. Mm. Atletico. Mm. There was a feeling of. It's meant to be for us. Now, when you when you tell me now, De Gea, Aguero, Forlan, all yeah. these players they had, I'd be thinking, oh my God, little old Fulham yeah. against Sergio, yeah. come yeah. on. Um, but at the time, they didn't have that reputation. I'd seen them play at Liverpool when they'd done Liverpool. Would you prefer second. to play Liverpool? And I, no. no, no. <laughs> I thought you might say that. No, no, no. The reason being is because I knew Liverpool would take over yeah. Hamburg. Yeah, of course. And I knew that I knew they would dominate the stadium, and I knew that, that a lot of their players had played big games mm. before. You know, Atletico were trying to win a trophy for the first time in a long time, a European one, and um, they had similar pressures to us. And, and to be honest, it was it was wasn't a great game. They we we stifled them a little bit, like we, we had to because Bobby played and he wasn't fit. Um, he had a horrendous problem and he tried to play and he shouldn't have. Andy Johnson had been injured for ages. There was our front line, mm. really, two most attacking players. And Clint Dempsey had put his fist through the window at, in the semi-final and done all his tendon and had a plaster cast on his wrist when he came on and he thought he should have been playing. So his mind wasn't really there. So we, we weren't a particularly good attacking threat that evening. So we had to dig in. And actually, in extra time, nothing was happening. Nothing. And I fancied us on pens because of Schwarzer. Yeah. You know, Mark Schwartz was brilliant at pens. I have to say, the 
the, the disappointment of it's not even about whether you play well or not, as I told you in no. the finals. Yeah, it's nice, it'd be great to get the winner and all that business. But <clears throat> the biggest disappointment was for me was it was the only final I'd played in and lost, but it was the only final I'd played in. I was captain. Mm. And I think lifting that trophy for Fulham would have been the biggest achievement of my career. Oh, yeah. Amazing achievement, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's still a sense of pride in what we achieved. But in in, in complete with complete honesty, I can say that that night was the biggest disappointment of my footballing career. Did you, did you look at them and think, oh, they're good at the time? Or were you not really thinking about that? No. Nah. I, I, I just, no one worried us then by that point. We we had a little bit of a we had a bit of confidence in terms of what we did. We we'd watched a lot on Aguero and Forlan. Mm. We'd seen them destroy teams in the videos, mm. which didn't help really. But ultimately, we no, we weren't. They didn't have better players than Shakhtar. I mean, Shakhtar had William, mm. Douglas Costa, mm. um, Fernandinho, mm. Jadson. I mean, Shakhtar was like it was. It was like you playing FIFA football, playing them. Yeah. You know they were popping it about. So you had everywhere. nothing to they fear them, than... No, no, and and I think it was just a game too many for us, really. And very quickly, why did uh, Clint put his fist through a window? Oh, have you not heard that? I don't think I don't think you told me. <laughs> it might be well known. It might just be a gap in my knowledge. But give us a very quick rundown. Yeah, it's it's a little bit. Um, he he had obviously done brilliantly in in some of the previous games, and and in the build up to the. Um, Hamburg home game in the semi-final. Clint was in the starting lineup because Bobby's injury. He'd been having a lot of injections in his Achilles, I think it was, and, and a lot of treatment. And he couldn't, he couldn't, he, he didn't think he was going to be able to play. So we set up with Clint in the team, and we'd worked on everything, our tactics, what we were doing differently with Clint compared to Bob, Bobby set plays, etc. And on the day of the game, Bobby had picked up a lot in the day, and he felt whatever injection he'd had in the day and he tried this and tried that. He came in and said, I feel, I'm, I'm, I'm all right, I can play. Mm. And put the management in a real predicament. So I'm like thinking, because I know Clint. Oh, a bit of a hothead. <laughs> oh, no. Well, care, he cares, you know what I mean? I like someone that cares. But the problem was, when the gaffer pulled him in to tell him and he come out fuming, in, I don't know if you've ever been in the cottage, the old cottage changing rooms. There's In the corner, there's, there's two windows, but it's toughened glass. Right. It's not normal glass. He's hit this glass. It's it's as good a dig as I've seen in many a year. <laughs> and he's hit it that hard. It's shattered wow. it. But his tendon and his his tendon was hanging out of oh his finger. God. And all the skin had been ripped and there was blood squirting <laughs> yeah. everywhere. And um it, it was just a oh my it could have it could have thrown up spanner in the whole evening, really, when you think back. We overcame that. Never mind the one. Do you, as, a, as, a, as captain, um, though, Dan, do you have a, do you have a role <coughs> to play in that? Do you have to? Are you expected to go in there and kind of calm this down and sort of take over and, and do your bit? I think there's a responsibility to try, yeah. but knowing Clint the way I did, I, I actually felt his pain. Mm. I, I actually thought he had a fair point. Mm. I, I don't think I don't think we should have. I mean, part of me as a player was going, "Is it better to have that we have Bobby in the team?" Mm. Is it better that we've got Bobby, even though this is not the right way to do it? Mm. Um, and I was thinking, actually, Clint's got a point now. You can't be told you're playing and then pulled an hour before the game say you're not mm. playing. That's that doesn't that doesn't wash with me. I'd be fuming, but I wouldn't have damaged myself. No. Um, so I was caught between a rock and a hard place. But Clint Clint wasn't approachable. He was he was he was gone. His eyes, he, the red mist had come in. Yeah. 
Um, so you know, he had to go off and calm himself. Nobody could go and speak to him. And you're, you're at this point. At this point, you're kind of Roy's on the field general, really, aren't you? Someone, someone said to me at Fulham mm. that, um, and you denied this at the time, and I put this to you. But someone else from that squad said that you were someone who could even implement like tactical changes during the game from on the pitch, and Roy would <laughs> let you do that. Is that are you going to deny that again? Well, it, it, you've got to give it some context. Okay. I, um, I, I was allowed to do some things, but, but. I had talked with Roy about oh, okay. Um So when I switched the wingers or when I decided we were going to have a press, you know, with, with AJ, especially if AJ was mm. playing and we had the legs behind, you know, sometimes in game I'd set the press or, or I'd say to Duffers and Simon or Demps, have a switch, have a swan. Or, you know, I was allowed to do things like that. But, but I... I don't think I needed to ask Roy. I think he was fine with it anyway, to be honest. And, and, I, and I think there's a lot of clubs where senior players... Maybe not so much now, actually. Maybe it's a, a dying art. Mm. Players don't want the responsibility. Mm. But I, I think there's a... It's even like little, little things. So in midfield, um, some managers, Martin Yor would want you to play... If he said you're playing central midfield, he'd want you to play right central midfield or left central mm. midfield. It wouldn't be just you two play in the mm. middle and then you sort it out. Whereas under Roy, I would... If I was with Dixon, I'd say, look, you have 10 minutes over here now. I'm going to go and have a go on him. I don't think he can cope with this right. or he's giving me a problem, Dix. You know, he keeps running in the box off me. He's too quick and straight. You you stick with him for two right, minutes. Okay. And we'd swap. And I'd make those little I'd make those little decisions myself. Whereas some managers wouldn't allow you to. I think you should let players make be make decisions on the pitch. You know, make make some inf- because otherwise you've always got this problem where you go you walk in the dressing room after and don't get me wrong, you can't have every player doing what they no. want. But if if you turn around to a manager and say, "Well, he's jumped, he's, he's 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 headed the ball in from the cross because you told me you told me from the beginning of the game to play right side of midfield. I didn't know that six foot two central midfield was going to be. I, I I wanted to put Dixon mm. on him, and then the manager might say, "Why didn't you do yeah, that okay. then?" I see what you mean. And it's like, well, I didn't. Yeah. You know, so it's it's kind of like I used to take some responsibility, especially as I got older at Fulham. I mean, Liverpool, we did it actually. Thinking back. Stevie was a right midfielder, a central midfielder who liked to fly, as you know. And when he flew off and made those great bursts and runs, or he got that red mist, or he wanted to go and score a goal, or go and press someone, I just, I just took in on the right and come centrally next to. And if you were playing against May United, they'd Stevie... say, "Give the ball to Danny because he will score." Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Well, that that was um, that was another weird thing in my career that kept that. It's a nice thing, it? though, isn't it? It was very nice, yeah. It was. Um, it's funny, actually. I, I, I've been to some beautiful parts of the world and some remote parts. You know, talking Masai Mara, little Indian Ocean islands, yeah. and I've never been to any of them. And, and, and the Man United goals. I've oh, really? About. That's a nice thing, though. It's a nice mm. thing to have. Amazing, yeah. amazing. And you don't realise when you're no. in it. You don't realise when you're in it how big that fixture is. You know, and I always say the same thing, and I've, I never, I never get tired of talking about it. The Probably one of the best goals I ever scored was the Merseyside Derby. I got the winner at Goodison mm. and uh, in a 2-1 game. And never, ever during my whole career or after it, when I started media, did anyone ever ask me about that goal. It's crazy to think of, isn't it? I haven't asked you about it either, so that's I fall into that category as well. How do you look back on your... Nobody ever How asked. do you look back on your career, Dan? What, when, you're obviously very proud. Of, like I said at the start of this, over 700 appearances, most of which came at the top level. You've achieved a hell of a lot. Um, we've talked a little bit about the departure from Liverpool, but that aside, you must be very proud of what you've been able to achieve in the game. 
Joe Luke, it's a funny question because there are times and periods in my life since I finished where I think, well done you. Hmm. You've done well. Yeah. You should be proud of yourself. And there's other moments and there's other times I've actually punished myself and had a go at myself and said, you could have done more. Well, what do you think? International football more maybe? Yeah. Or what, what kind of area? Just, it's, you know, depending on where you're at in your life and you're feeling a bit down on yourself and you think, why didn't I stay at Liverpool? Why didn't I push when I was in the England squad? So why didn't yeah. I... You know, what, what could I have done differently? Could I have been fair? Could I have <clears throat> been more selfish? Could I have been, what could I have gone to that club instead of that club? What could I, maybe I could have done more if I'd have only done this. You know, why, why didn't I do what Lampard, Gerard and Scholes did? Why, why you know, that mentality. And then and then the first mentality, which is the, is, is the more, you know, the more clear one is actually... You know, you, you're a young lad from Chester, from a from a difficult background, who somehow found the discipline to come out of the crap, um, carve a career for yourself. Not only carve a career for yourself, play for the team you mm. loved, win trophies, play for your country, be remembered by many, and then and then go and still have a career in 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 the game. Mm. You know, it, how many people would give their right arm for what I've done? You know, it's keeping it in perspective. It's it's difficult. I, I, I don't think it's easy to roll out the same answer to that question the whole time. It's like, oh, I'm very mm. proud of myself. You know, I've done this and I've done this more than loads of people. But there are parts of me at times that think, you know, I could have done a bit more. Yeah. I mean, it's it fluctuates that. that but feeling. that feeling probably when that comes in, that's probably a, a reason as to why you had such a good career, because you always felt like you could do more and you always wanted to push yourself to go better. And I think that's probably a part of it, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's yeah, I think that's very observant. I, I think that's definitely part of it. I I don't think there's a way you get to the top and stay there without a deep hunger, desire, determination, and and um, expectancy of yourself. You know, a a, a, um, a, a, a willingness within yourself to be the best you can be. But I, I, I also don't think it's normal to not have some self analysis and think, could I have done yeah, of more? Course. And and clearly, I mean, I know you a little bit anyway, and we talked a lot about football in the past. And you're very obviously very tactically astute, and, and you have a good knowledge of the game. Why mm. did you decide to go into? Thank why you. did you start to go into media and not uh, coaching? <laughs> I did. Me, I did some yeah. badges, and um, I didn't. I didn't. I nearly got back in when Brendan changed his number two and three. Gary Mack got the, the role that I went mm. for. Um, I met Brendan. It was a fascinating chat and I was appreciative of the opportunity. And, and I, there's also a couple of opportunities that presented themselves um, a bit lesser down the ladder, but all presented themselves after I'd started. I mean, the Liverpool thing I would have done, of course. Yeah. You know, that, that's that's a given, but it didn't happen. The The other things I was caught between a rock and a hard place in terms of I've got a very settled media career that I really enjoy. I've got a great life balance in terms of seeing plenty of my children, etc. Um whereas the career management can be, you know, could be great, could be could be the door I need, could be the opening I should say I should need um to to go and do a good job somewhere, then get up the ladder, then go again, then go again and you know, you just make decisions the best way you can at the time. And um, I was very fortunate, really, in that I was given an opportunity to BBC very early, um, which I don't really know how it came about. It just did. They obviously liked something that I did. And then I've really, really benefited from doing the radio stuff. I really enjoy the radio because, as you well know, mate, it gives you a great platform to express some more in-depth views and also let people know you've got a person out. Well, some people say, <laughs> haven't. But, you know, the, um, 
the personality side of it that you can bring out in radio and enjoy yourself a little bit. The TV can be a little bit serious, yeah. but I was very fortunate, and, I, and I've got I've had lots of good opportunities through the media. I've been at some of the best tournaments. I've travelled to so many countries and stadiums, and, and 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 had some experiences actually that I've enjoyed so much more than I than I thought I would, and and experiences I didn't think I was going to have. And look, if you didn't do that, then we wouldn't be sat here talking. So I'm very appreciative and very grateful that you did decide to go into the media. So thank you very much for that, and thank you very much, Danny, for sharing your story with us. Really appreciate it. No, thank you for asking me on. It's sometimes nice to uh, reminisce and massage the ego once in a while. It's quite nice. <laughs> well, it's been a great story. Thanks very much for sharing it, mate. All right, thanks, Lee. Cheers, mate. This was a Stakhanov production.